to New York Talk, episode 145. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. How are you doing? Ignore my nasal voice or not. Sorry, I apologize in advance if you could tell that my voice sounds different. I'm home. I have COVID. Could you die? I thought we were over this. I thought we were over this. The other day, let me tell you, the other day, I felt horrible. My bones were aching. I was like, I need a massage so bad. And I think that a lot, but this was like a real thing. I actually posted in one of the mom groups I'm a part of on Facebook. And I said, does anybody know a good masseuse on the Upper East Side? Like, I'm dying. I I was so verklempt, for lack of a better word. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what was going on. Elmo, stop. He's tearing up my new New York magazine on the floor, which you know mommy loves to read anyway. I just felt off. It was weird. And then, you know, then it was the following day, the same thing. And then I had a fever. And long story short, I took the test. And, of course, positive COVID. Here's the thing. I was just reading an article that New York City public schools don't have any COVID mandates in place for the 2023-2024 school year. Fine. But how do you not have any mandate in place when there's an outbreak going on? I read about an outbreak on CNN earlier in the month. They are calling this the era strain. But, you know, I didn't really pay a lot of mind to it. I feel like, you know, because we're all so over COVID. But, alas, here we go. By the way, ignore the paper tearing noise in the background because everything's a horror right now. Between (laughs) my voice and the dog's teeth just ruining Mommy's magazine. Anyway, fact of the day, Pokemon. I'm on such a Pokemon kick, you have no idea. Do you know what Pokemon stands for? Pokemon, I didn't even know it was an acronym. It's not really an acronym. I didn't know it was a shortened word thing for something. It Pokemon means pocket monsters. <laughs> Whoever came out with Pokemon, they started in 1996. Uh, that's what they named it originally, pocket monsters, and then they shortened it to Pokemon. Learn something new every day. And the reason why I'm talking to you about Pokemon or I'm I'm on a, a, a kick is because my daughter said to me, tell my daughters they collect Pokemon. Collect is a loose based word. They wrote it on their Christmas list and Santa Mommy I'm kidding if they ever listen to us girls, you know Santa's real. God <laughs> No, I think actually this was a Christmas gift from Mommy, not Santa. I got them Pokemon binders that they had on Amazon. Small. They were like little, like, I don't know, like 5 by 7 or something, puffy binders. And then I bought them some Pokemon cards to go in the binders, right? And they each have one. Cute. They bring them to school. They're friends. They flip through. I don't know if it's the new, like, Topps baseball cards or Garbage Pail Kids. I don't know. I was just like, all right, Pokemon. And to be honest, like, When they said they wanted Pokemon cards, I just thought it, you know, I wasn't thinking anything like collecting for value or trading. I just thought, I have no idea. I just thought, like, they just wanted to have a little cute hobby that all their friends are doing. Then they turned around and they told me recently that there are Pokemon cards that are worth in the millions. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, right. Forgot about it. Then I watched a TV show, which I'm going to talk to you about in TV Talk, and they started talking about Pokemons. And I'm like, all right, I got to 
investigate. You know what I mean? Is this the new Bitcoin? Like, what's going on? It's been going on for a long time, though. The Beanie Babies, the thing, you know, and then I have Call Your Mother. You know, come on, it's a whole thing. Anyway, so I can't believe what I found out. The the highest, I'm about to post a video on it. The, the highest selling Pokemon card, the most valuable Pokemon card is this card called the Pikachu Illustrator. I don't know what that is. I know nothing about anything. I could, please, come on. It sold for $5.2 million. Logan Paul bought it. Logan Paul, you know, he's like a super me social media superstar. And he does, uh, you know, all these videos for years. And let me say something, Logie. I don't know anything really about you. No offense. It's just because, you know, I'm a mom with the kids and I'm busy. But, like, I'm assuming you're a regular guy and you became, like, a social media sensation on YouTube, you know, like, 10 years ago. I'm just going to go with that. And I'm also going to go with the fact that you're, like, a self-made millionaire because of your social media stuff, right? And I'm sure that throughout your social media come up, your parents told you were crazy for you know, doing all these videos online, like all of our families tell us. But how crazy, what did your parents say to you when you told them that you were going to turn around and spend $5.2 million on a Pokemon card? Because that's another level of crazy. Now, not to say, I mean, Logan, I think he's like has a fiance. I'm not going to sit here and say that you should tell your mother what you're spending your money on. But Logie, if you were a regular guy, like I'm a regular girl, and all of a sudden, you know, I hit it big and I'm spending $5.2 million, a cool five mil on a, a card. <laughs> oh my God, my mother would be like, she's lost her mind. She says, call the ambulance, just throw her in the back of the truck, shackle her down, we're taking her to the psych ward. Like that's because, because that's what I'm thinking and I'm already in the social media game. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you spend that kind of money? It's like, it's like, all the people that came out of the woodwork, you know, and they were buying the Board Ape Yacht Club. You know, we talked about that, right? The the NFTs, the Board Ape Yacht Club people, the rappers, they were buy, buying these, big, you know, the Board Apes for $2 million, $4 million to add to their archive. It's just, it's like, what? You know, sometimes you just have to take a step back and you're like, am I really spending my money on this? But anyway, whatever. Logan Paul, he bought the Pikachu card. He spent all the, his shekels on it. Good for you. Uh, it's his biggest investment. He says, he said, you know, out loud, which I don't even know if that's probably true, but fine. And I learned all about this on uh, a new TV show that I'm watching called The King of Collectibles on Netflix. Again, just popped up probably because... I've been doing all these Call Your Mother videos and, you know, everything listens to us and we have no privacy. So one of the episodes talked about Pokemon cards and I couldn't believe it. The Logan Paul, you know, this Illustrator card. The, 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 the having my daughter say it to me. Then now seeing it on TV, I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. I start looking on eBay. People are selling Pokemon cards, $70,000, $80,000. They sold, sold prices. $10,000, $32,000. It's mind-blowing to me. It's complete. I mean, I guess it shouldn't be, right? But it's not like these, they're baseball players, like, you know, like that kind of thing. It, it, it's, it's, it's Japanimation? I don't know. Anyway, basically, these are cards that you could buy inside a pack at the store. Pre-constructed decks, booster packs, bundled card sets. I have it written down. And there's the, the cards that are rare. I mean, you really got to, like, look into it. And I don't, I don't I'm not an expert, nor do I want to be. But these, like, hologram cards. The video that I'm about to post, 
I have a little chart in it that shows you if the cards are rare or not rare. So if you see the video, FY, that's on there. Um, there's actually, I mean, it's a mania. It's, there's a, it's a Pokemon mania, you know? I mean, and we all, didn't, I mean, I don't know if you know. But when I was working a few years ago, there was like some kids playing, like they were trying to like catch a Pokemon outside, like on their phone. There was like some game they were doing. Don't ask, but the cards are separate than that. But anyway, if you really want to get in the nitty gritty, you could buy cards from the Pokemon online store, but which is in Japan, and they don't ship to the U.S. And there's a service. It's called like Japan Rabbit. I think it's called Japan Rabbit. Is it Japan Rabbit? Let me see. Did I write it down? I don't know. But there's a service. I don't think it is. I, anyway, I think it's called Japan Rabbit. I didn't write it down. That will buy the stuff for you in Japan and then ship it to you in the U.S. So if you like want to try to get one of these rare Pokemon cards and you have it in your head that you're not going to be able to buy them from a pack in the United States or in Europe or whatever. And you're like, I want to buy them from the Pokemon online store. Well, you can make that happen. There's another place that I learned about called Zen Plus. This is a website, zenplus.jp. And this is Pokemon related and it's not. Zen Plus is a Japanese marketplace. It's like the Amazon of Japan, but not, not like in a AliExpress or Alibaba kind of way. Like it's not as curated. It's not as the 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 um, you know, the natural language pro the natural NLP, the natural language processing on the search bar. It's not as good as other websites that we search on. You know, so if you're typing in purple sweater, right, you're not maybe going to see a purple sweater that you wear. You might see like a purple sweater you wear, and then you might see like something called purple sweater, you know, like a, a name of an album, you know, so that that's the NLP. The NLP is not as good, but it's really like a uh, Zen Plus. It's a real world marketplace and people have bought Pokemon cards from this, this website, you know, from directly from Japan and, and then turned around and sold these cards. I have everything, $208,000, $233,000, I mean, it's it's insane. It's totally insane. Anyway, Zen Plus, though, I will say is worth checking out if you want. You can find lots of weird stuff there. Like, a lot of the authentic Japanese products, they sell kimonos and they sell kimono socks. How weird is that? Those are the, the, the toe socks. Like, just, it's weird because we don't see them every day, right? But if you want socks to wear with your flip-flops, get kimono socks from Zen Plus, just saying. Um... They had all this, like, nut stuff. I typed in canes. Don't ask. I'm always looking for things for my grandmother because she. You know, I feel bad. She doesn't know how to use the internet. She doesn't shop online, and she loves these lightweight aluminum collapsible canes. So I typed in foldable canes, and there was, like, a Hello Kitty cane. You know, it was. it's very cool. Anyway, it's worth checking out. Zen Plus. But I'm just, I'm just in such awe of this whole Pokemon thing. And like, you know, what something's worth is just what is, you know, supply and demand, what somebody's willing to pay for it. And what happens one day if nobody wants to pay 5.3 million or 5.2 million for Loki Paul's <laughs> Pikachu Illustrator card? What, you're just going to be out that kind of money? Oh my God, it's insane. I can't, I cannot can't wrap my head around it. 
But back to TV talk, it's definitely worth worth watching. King of Collectibles on Netflix. The guy, his name is Ken Golden. I like him. He he's he's seemed, he's a made guy. You know, he just self made guy. He uh, worked with his father, just collecting stuff, and he has a big business in Jersey. He said his business is a four billion dollar business. I find that hard to believe until I really started watching the show. And I can't believe the prices of these things. Um, team jerseys, $5 million, $10 million. I mean, just, it's, it's, it's beyond. Anyway, uh, the show, ugh. I don't think I've ever mentioned this show to you before. You know what show I absolutely love? Alone. Do you know the show Alone? It's on the History Channel. It's a great show to watch if you're into this kind of thing, which I want to tell you, of course. But it's a great show to watch with, like, your husband or your boyfriend because it's a very mannish show, in my opinion. Uh, although, maybe not because I'm, like, obsessed with it. Basically, and there's, like, ten seasons. They they have, it's um it's like a survival show. It's like Survivor. There's, like, ten people, right? And they drop you in the middle of the woods and you get ten items to take ten items. A fire stick, a tarp, you know, blankets, whatever you want to take. And you just have to survive. And the person that survives to 100 days, the last remaining survivor, wins, I think it's 100000 or $500,000, right? I love this show. I love this show. Something about not having a lot and surviving and roughing it and, and, and an emergency desperate situation, it just really taps into something in my inner core. But... I love it, and I finished the last season, and I just started the new season, which is Alone Australia, and it's very different, it's, uh, oh yeah, is all I could say, because Alone Australia is different than the Alone that's been filming in Canada. Alone Australia takes place in the rainforest, so it's a very wet climate, and seeing how these people survive, or don't survive, and who, who, who leaves the competition early on kind of thing, it's interesting. It's totally worth watching, and it's addictive. You know, you really start rooting for the people. And there's one guy, I think he's from season six. His name is Roland. I still think about him. He was the winner. So spoiler alert. But, but you know, it's like yeah, it shows was like it's like five years old. This guy Roland, he shows up in the woods, <laughs> just starts building a house out of giant boulders. Like literally, he built a stone cave in the middle of the Canadian forest. And, aka, he never got cold. Whereas other people were building houses out of like tree branches and barks and teepees and all, you know, whatever. And I, and, 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 you know, he was like killing things with his bare hands. It was crazy, gross. It's totally gross. It's gory. It's disgusting. I, I, I turn away for those parts. Of course I do. But, it's so good. Anyway. And then another show, and a friend told me about that I did not start yet, Killing It with Craig Robinson. Craig Robinson, if you don't know him, I think he was on The Office, right? He was on The Office. He's hilarious. Let me tell you about Craig Robinson, okay? Craig Robinson was at Gotham Comedy Club a year or two ago, you know, headlining for a weekend, right? I think it was like a, uh, a makeup date because of COVID. And I showed up at the club early in the day to pick up something, and he was there with his people, and they were just doing like a AV sound check, whatever they were doing. 
And part of Craig's act, if you ever have a chance to see him live, you have to go see him. He's a genius. Part of his act is he has this like keyboard and you know he just like plays songs. He's like a savant. He could play any song on demand and he sings and he does jokes and he was doing it during his sound check. But it wasn't an act. It was like the guy, like some guys in the sound check were like, oh, do you know this song? And he just did it. Like, like a savant would do it, you know? Amazing. And then I saw the live show and it was amazing. Anyway. On the comedy note, my girlfriend, Maureen Langan, she's on AGT. I think she's going to be on um, someday this week. She's she's performing on the live shows. She made it to the semifinals. I'm so happy for her. Maureen, she's in her, I think she's in her mid-50s or early 50s. Sorry, Maureen, if you're in your 40s. Like, no offense. Who cares? Nobody knows anything anymore. And she's funny. And she's a former broadcaster. And, you know, obviously she's a comedian. And... I've been watching her run her sets all around the city for her AGT stuff, and I'm so happy for her. It's amazing. So yay, Maureen. Go, Maureen. If you're watching this, vote for her. I went out to dinner the other day. I wanted to take the girls for some brick oven pizza, you know? And I told you before that on the Upper East Side, I love, I love San Mateo. It's the best, the gold standard for brick oven pizza on the Upper East Side. If you're ever in town or if you live here, you know that's where to go. That's where to go. Something for everybody, for the kids, for you. Delicious, reasonable prices for Manhattan. So I didn't do San Mateo the other day. We were on the West Side, so we went to Motorino. All they have is pizza and salad. It's like on Columbus in like the low 80s, which, by the way, is a great part of the Upper West Side for for dining out. They have everything. Between like 80th and 82nd on Columbus Avenue, you can find anything you want. Uh, Greek, there's Telios, there's Viand, fabulous diner, there's Big Gay Ice Cream, I love, Uh, there's Mamoons, Falafel, no tables, just like a grab and go, there's Sushi, then there's Motorino. Amazing. So, I haven't been to the Motorino with the girls, and we went. (sighs) Can you believe they hated it? They hated it. It was one of those meals. You know when you take everybody out for dinner or you go out for dinner and nobody likes <laughs> what the restaurant's serving and you have to go home and just make another dinner or find out, find, just dig something up, rustle together something. Ugh! It was so annoying. By the way, I'm boiling hot. It's probably because I probably have a fever, but anyway. I fan myself. It was so annoying. And you know why they didn't like it? They didn't like it because the brick oven pizza, you know, it makes the pots, you know, it's like the bubbles on the crust. And the bubbles, some of those bubbles, they're like burnt. Delicious. They thought that the whole pizza tastes burnt. Ugh, such a waste. So you know what I did? I really made it up to them when I got brought them home. I happen to have, because I do keep it in the fridge a lot, I always have pizza dough, like homemade pizza dough or store-bought pizza dough in the freezer. You know, not like the Pillsbury, like roll, like just, you know, from the freezer section of the refrigerator section at the supermarket or wherever. So I happened to keep one in the cheese drawer in my supermarket, in my supermarket, in my uh, my fridge because I've been making them this thing and I made it for them that night. Homemade Nutella pizza. Totally not healthy. Fun mom thing. It's the easiest thing to make if you don't know. It's like all you do is you preheat the oven to 400 degrees, right? Get it so hot. Take a baking sheet, oil it, you know, 
roll out the dough, you know, like whatever you do, get the dough, you know, shape it into a, uh, a pizza shape, you know, put it on the oiled sheet. I, I put drizzle a little bit of olive oil right on the, the dough when it's on the baking sheet, a little tiny bit, a sprinkle of salt, put it in the oven, bake it 15 minutes, take it out. And then when it's hot, you know, I do it. I don't let the kids do it. I, I, uh, you know, smear on some Nutella and then put on sliced strawberries on the top and maybe some powdered sugar transferred onto the cutting board. And then, you know, I use the pizza wheel and I cut it and there you go. It's the best dessert. They serve it all over Italy and it's scrumptious. So they might have not ate the beautiful brick oven pizza from Motorino, but they lucked out because they came home and had chocolate pizza is basically what I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh my God. You know, I don't know how it came up the other day, but some, I think I was with my sisters. So my, my little sister, Gabrielle, she says, I'm the only daughter that had a chicken dish named after her. And I was like, you're right. What kind of shit is that? My mother, she, she made a chicken dish named after my sister, Chicken Gabrielle. I want to tell you how to make it because I made it the other day and it's so good. All, all my mother would do is she would make like, you know, we bake our chicken cutlets. We don't fry because like, you know, my line, we need pants that fit. That's why. And um, so she would bake like a chicken breast, not necessarily a thin chicken cutlet. My mother, she would bake a breaded chicken breast, you know, with the, the Italian seasoned breadcrumbs and grated cheese and whatever, put it in a baking sheet, drizzle olive oil, bake it in the oven until it's done, right? And then she would take it out and she would mix the the chicken cutlet. She would, well, she would take it out of the oven and then she would chop it into like chunks and then she would mix it with a drained jar of marinated artichoke hearts and then a couple of tablespoons of balsamic vinegar. Or you can use balsamic glaze. She would mix it all together in a bowl and then that's it. It is so good. It is delicious. If you ever want to try that. My mom actually only made it with balsamic vinegar, I will say. I'm just saying balsamic glaze. I think the glaze will be nice because the glaze is thicker, you know, and the, the, um, if the, if the artichoke hearts aren't drained a lot or drained well, it can almost be, they can almost be wet-ish. And then that wet plus the balsamic wet is, I mean, you don't want soggy chicken. I mean, come on, nobody's eating. Nobody wants to do that. So if you bake the chicken cutlets, right, you bake them in the oven for a hundred, you do, I don't know, 20 minutes each side, you know, if you're doing a thick chicken breast, and then you mix it with the artichoke hearts and the balsamic glaze once it comes out. Oh, scrumptious. Put that over a salad with arugula. Is not that not a fabulous dinner? Come on. Of course it is. Of course it is. Britney Spears. Poor Britney Spears. You know, she's getting divorced. Mm. After 14 months of marriage, they were together for six years. I'm dying to know what happened. We'll never know. We'll never know the truth. Apparently, it's irreconcilable differences. Fine. Here's the thing. I, I, I know I don't know her. <laughs> I know I have no, no nothing in common with her. But I'm like rooting for her. I'm, I'm hoping that she's not doing this because she's on some like mania kick or something. And she's doing it because, you know, they really just decided to maturely split up because they're not right for each other. Or maybe she decided to get rid of him because he was a mooch. And he's an asshole or something. I don't know. I always thought the relationship felt a little weird for some reason. 
They have a big age difference. Fine. That's fine. I have that with Chris. But I don't know. There was just something that never really sat well with me. And, and you know, I mean, because she had the wedding and she didn't invite any of her family. And I know this, there's drama, but like, don't you think that your at least your husband or your husband to be would insist that maybe somebody's there or I don't know what or how about how about all these videos she does online I mean again it's her thing but if you ever see her on Instagram I mean she her pants are so low she's like a, a millimeter away from showing her whole vagine on the internet I mean like how does your husband or your fiance or your boyfriend how does he not step in and say listen I love you but can we pull it up a couple inches you know what I'm saying like there's something there that just doesn't sit right with me and I'm always anyway aren't we always a little suspicious come on when when some big stars dating somebody that's also like a wannabe star you know personal trainer slash cook slash waiter slash bartender slash you know will do anything to be a star like aren't you aren't we all a little come on I don't know I have a question for you serious question that's always serious. What did your family call a pacifier when you were growing up? Let me tell you why I'm asking you. Because the other day I'm talking to my girlfriends. And we're talking about someone had a baby. And I said, oh. And they said something about, the oh, the baby has the pacifier in the mouth. And I had said, oh, yeah, the, oh, the, the, the baby has a nippy in the mouth all the time. And they were like, a what? A nippy? And I said, yeah, a nippy. I don't know. Like, that's what my mother called it. What did, what did you, I said, they said, what did you call? What did you call? Well, okay, they said a nippy, sometimes a passy. Paul, you know, the tooth, his family, they used to call it a passy. So we would say nippy, passy. And then we started talking about this. And it was like, what were the names? What did they, it was a, a binky, a passy, a nippy, a dummy. Somebody said a wookie. I said a wookie. Isn't that like a little... A little thing from Star Wars or something? Like a Furby? Like, isn't a Wookie a Wookie? So, someone else said, a pon-pon? I said, a pon-pon? They said, yeah, it's a Spanish name, a pon-pon. Uh, a dummy. Did I say dummy already? No one calls it a nippy, except my mother. Ma, why are we calling it a nippy? Like, like a fake nipple? Like, that's a little, that's a little skivat, ma, no? <laughs> But so I want to know, like, what did you call it? Like, I, people have crazy names for these things. Passy, binky, dummy, wookie, nippy, pon-pon. I like a pon-pon. That's a lot of effort to say. Where's your pon-pon? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to plan my 40th birthday. You know, I, I, I took the question to the gram. I think I'm going to do a party. You know, I'll do, like, a spa day for myself or something. I was going to do Atlantic City, but... The thing about Atlantic City is it's such a commitment. You know, for my friends and I, like, we, we all have kids that are young. It's back to school. My birthday's at the end of September. It's going to be back to school. Everybody's busy. Nobody, Chris is like, oh, why don't you go to AC just with your girlfriends for a weekend? I said, nobody's doing that anymore. <laughs> Nobody has any time like that. I don't know why. It feels like, I don't know if it's getting older, more kids. It just feels like there's no time to allocate like 72 hours on a full-on bender at the Borgata in Atlantic City you know I mean we would love to sure but so I think I'm gonna do a party I don't know where yet I think the prices are really outrageous that to be honest that's what's bothering me I'm gonna host a party but 
you know these these so I call this one place. You're gonna die. Listen to this. You know I, I can't even believe I'm about to say this. For four hours, like a four hour party, they want, you know, so they're charging for the alcohol, obviously, and then the food, you know, and they're charging per hour. So it was like forty dollars per hour for a drink package per person, and then the food. It was like for past hors d'oeuvres, it was $50 an hour per person. And if I wanted to do like an actual station, like, you know, not a carving station, but I wanted to have almost like buffet-ish. And we're not talking Italian buffet. We're talking about Manhattan, annoying buffet, probably like, you know, like lettuce wraps, chicken satay. You know how much they want? $120 a person. Wait, per hour. Like, how about this? Let me tell you where you could go with those prices. Up your A, okay? Up your A-hole. Like... That is so expensive. For a four-hour party, you're looking at $275, $300 a person. What is this, a wedding? That doesn't even include the room rental, doesn't include the music, doesn't include the decor, and God forbid you want to do a blow-up saxophone, you know, <laughs> you're at a dough. I mean, can you imagine? I, I said to Chris, this is exactly why I like to have parties in the boroughs or on, you know, well, Staten Island's a borough, or on Long Island, because they're normal. Because, you know, when I did my, my kids' parties, I did them in Brooklyn, a couple different places, and may, maybe it was like $50 a person, and you got everything. You got the whole kitchen, the whole, every single thing. And then, when you do it in an Italian place, they're throwing things in. They can't believe they're so happy for your business. They're like, oh, what, you brought 45 people to my restaurant on a Saturday afternoon, you know, and you're paying, you know, $60 a head? Let me throw some more things at you. Let us pick up the cake. In Manhattan, it's like, it's like they be, they're deterring you from doing business. It's so obnoxious. And, and then I said to the place, this one place in particular, with the annoying menu, you know, I said, listen. I said, yeah, okay, that's the price. All right, fine. I said, let me tell you. I said, okay. You, would you mind if I brought in a couple of six-foot heroes, you know, to supplement the food? And they were like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. Like, I'm sorry. In my world, it's not a party until the six-foot hero shows up. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a shit if it's my 40th birthday on a Saturday night and I'm in a sequin gown. I want the hero. You know, for my confirmation, my mother had it at the house. She catered in Chinese and fried chicken. That was my... That, that was my my request. I want a Chinese and fried chicken. Chicken holiday. Can you imagine? Whatever. Like, it's a party. That's what we like. I had my communion in a Chinese restaurant. Where, what was the name of that restaurant? Crown Palace. Is that the name? Yeah, Crown Palace on Staten Island at a party room. That's how Italian people do it. Like, chicken satay and lettuce wraps for like $100,000 a person. You could keep it. Nobody wants your nasty chicken satay for that. <laughs> You're not even going to laugh can't even keep a straight face. I swear to God, I'm dying. Must be the COVID. You're not even going to let me supplement that horror menu with the six-foot hero. Nerve you. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I'm never going to get it. I said to Chris, let me have it at the goddamn club. Let me have it at the club. He goes, I'm not having your birthday party at my comedy club. I said, why not? Why are you embarrassed? I said, are you embarrassed to have it at the comedy club? I said, because my friends, we don't care. I said, we'll shut down a McDonald's and I'll have a 40th birthday party. Happy meals for everybody. Everybody's having a great time. <laughs> I was on the phone with Stephanie say she was walking, uh, walking. She's uh, driving to work, you know, and she knows I'm sick, so she's keeping me company on the phone. 
And I told her that. I told her that he won't have the party at the club. She's like, oh, he's ridiculous. I said, I know. Like, what does he care what people think? We could care less. Like, I, I'll come in a burlap sack to, to, to a, underneath a tunnel. I'll come go to a party in a tunnel. I could care as long as there's a cocktail and the music's good and there's a little something to pick on that's not healthy. I'm happy. You know, I'm happy. Which, speaking of, Someone had a party. It, well, it, it wasn't uh, like a person. It was like a city event. There was like some event that they had a party on the on a bridge, like right in New York, like, I don't know, Queensboro, I don't know, some bridge. I saw it on one of these Instagram accounts. I commented, I said, oh my God, the Italian mother in me is getting so nervous looking at this. Elmo, stop ripping up all of my stuff. A party on a bridge? Like that's, oh God. Does that not give you, like, the shivers? Like, come on. Come on. I don't know. So we'll see. I did a post about my favorite uh, um, vintage jewelry store in Manhattan, Pippin Jewelry in Chelsea. You got to go there. It's very cool. You know what they had? I didn't buy it because the price was ridiculous. Mm. A mitzpah locket. I don't think a lot of people know what this is, so I... I'm going to probably do a post about it, but a mitzpah, not mitzvah, not to be confused with mitzvah. Mitzpah, not to be confused with mitzpah. A mit, did I say that right? All right, whatever. You get it. A mitzpah locket is a, a type of locket from the Victorian era, right? Like the 1800s. Um, and if somebody was going, that like lovers or best friends would give one another if you were going away for a long period of time. Um, the the mitz, mitzpah, the word in Hebrew means watchtower. So, and the, de the definition is like, may God watch over you. May God watch over your loved ones, right? So you would give this locket as a gift to like your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Really, your boyfriend would give it to the girlfriend, right? If he was say going off to a war or he was moving away to let her know that he loves her, he wants God to watch over, blah, blah. It's meant to be for love or a token of friendship. I just love the whole story of a mitzvah locket. So I'm at Pippin Jewelry and they have one. And I don't know if it was 14 carat. I think it was 9 carat. For some reason, antique jewelry, there happens to be a lot of antique jewelry in 9 carat. But they wanted like $1,200 for it. And I thought... That's a lot. I actually have one. This one was nicer than the one I have. So I'm going to wear it, and I'm going to do a post on it, and I'm going to show you. But it's such a, it's, it's such a cool thing. And um, like I said, popular in the Victorian era, again popular uh, in the, the 1900s when the men went off to go fight in World War One. That was it. That was the, the wartime. Mitzpah locket. Look it up. Lots of mitzpah jewelry. Not only lockets, it was mitzpah bracelets and rings and all that. Very, very cool. That's my product of the day. It's not even really a product. It's it's more just the store. If you're in town, it's definitely worth checking out if you like going to see those old relics. But like I said on the post, you got someone said, Well, the prices, you know. I said, listen, it's Manhattan. Like it's it, you know, and the prices of Manhattan are what they are. Like if if there was the store in you know, the middle of Long Island, I'm sure it's going to be a lot less, you know. But for me, I think it's great find. You got to go. And quote of the day. Oh, my God. Before I even say the quote of the day, can I tell you this? My new couch came. <laughs> my new purple couch and my pink 
recliner chair. You know, I'm turning my living room into like, I'm doing like a Barbie core aesthetic. I am so happy I did it. I swear to God, sometimes just giving that little design lift is all you need, you know? I, I'll wake up in the morning and I walk into my living room and I've totally forgotten that I changed it from dark to light and ugh, what a difference it is. I, I'm like a new person. I love it. Anyway, now it's time for, for quote of the day by Charles Schultz from Everybody Knows from Peanuts, right? Everybody's favorite. The definition of love, according to Charles Schultz, love is sharing your popcorn. And I'm Elise DeLucci, and this is episode 145 of New York Talk. Love to love you, baby. Mm -hmm.